This is the Pipkin and Turnbull Show. It is episode 37. We're here on February 4th, 2021. Uh, right here on the cusps of Super Bowl 55. So, Jamie, what are we going to be talking about today? Well, uh, as you said, man, Super Bowl 55 is here. So we will look at... Yeah, and also we're going to have no perfect internet today. So if Jamie and I or Jamie yeah. is cutting in or out, uh, uh, I'm going to be filling in uh, where we can. Uh, but what he was saying, Super Bowl 55 is here. We're going to see if the Chiefs are going to be able to run it back or if Brady and the new Tampa Buccaneers are going to be able to get some new plunder. Uh, Jamie, what else are we going to today? Uh, the first quarterbacks got traded. Uh, Goff and Stafford were traded, um, and so it's already shaping up for an exciting offseason. Um, so we'll be looking at who will go next, um, and then we're going to do a way too early uh, look at top 25 in college football. And um, then we got exciting news this week that EA Sports is finally making another college football game. So we'll look at that and um, kind of what our expectations of that are. So with that, Caleb, um, Super Bowl 55 this Sunday, what do you got? Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, uh, we kind of we touched, definitely touched on it last week, uh, you know, but I think we got to. So what I was thinking, Jamie, is that we would kind of evaluate these two questions. I'm going to let you evaluate this question, Jamie. So my question to you is, how do the Tampa Bay Buccaneers win the Super Bowl? Uh, their, their defensive line, man. Um, you... Uh, it's no secret that Mahomes' offensive line is just patchwork. You know, no Fisher, no Schwartz, um, you know, no uh, LDT. Um, so it's it's a lot of patchwork. So that defensive line and those linebackers have to disrupt Mahomes in the offense. If they can get him running for his life, he still can hurt you with his legs, as he's shown. But if he can get you running, if you can get him running – and disrupt his pass. Um, there, I mean, you you can you can. That's how you win. That that's how they beat the Chiefs. Yeah, yeah. And so I'll do on the flip side, which is um, so that's why I tossed it to you. I'm going to do the flip side. Is how do the Kansas City Chiefs win this Super Bowl? And I think I I think you know the feeling is I kind of feel like they are the favorites kind of going into this week. Um, you know, I, I think they just have to do what they've been doing all season. Um, you've been seeing how versatile their weapons are. And this has got to be another performance where Andy Reid's got to be on from the get-go, um, you know, with, with the play calling um, and getting guys not, um, you know, what I love about this offense is um, they get open positions in the field and get a guy there. It's not necessarily built around um, a particular person, but it's built around, you know, how can we get um, a guy in that space, you know? 
Uh, and so I lost Jamie. I'm going to be trying to get him back. So this may be interesting on uh, my side. So we may be able to uh, get at least his audio. Uh, so we'll be working on getting that back. But yeah, I really think it's really about the Chiefs being able to, what they've been doing consistently this year is get their guys into those open spots. And that's what's interesting about their offense is um, they get their guys to the open spots of the field. And it's not necessarily based on, um, uh, it's not necessarily based on who is getting the ball, if that makes sense. And then on the defensive side, you've seen it uh, through a lot of Super Bowls where um, what you really, what needs to happen is you know Steve Spagnola. It makes it interesting. Is he's a guy that's uh, consistently uh, beaten Brady um, through different um, avenues and different times during uh, uh, Spagnola's career as a defensive coordinator. And I think you know I think we started seeing that side where we started seeing Frank Clark. We started seeing Chris Jones really start getting active. And that's what really drove their Super Bowl success last year for the Chiefs. So it's always about can you get any sort of pressure on Tom Brady? Um, I think what makes this a little bit easier for Tom is that I think he's got a lot more of a supporting cast in this Super Bowl run. Um, you know, if they can especially get Leonard Fournette going, um, that's what, you know, if. If they're able to get that running game, I think that's what's really going to be detrimental to the Chiefs. So really stopping Leonard Fournette and the rest of the running crew is going to be big um, in this Super Bowl for the Chiefs. But like I said, it really comes down to what Frank Clark and what Chris Jones are we going to get uh, because Tom is the best at dinking and dunking it all the way down the field. And they, you know, this offense... You know, what's scary about this offense, though, too, for Tampa Bay is that at any time they can take shots. You know, um, they got a guy in Evans and Goodwin um, that can take shots. Now, granted, they are banged up. Um, so that's what makes this offense interesting is that they're able to take shots, but I think Tom is still able to dink and dunk. And so, um, you know, so that's, that, that's where that Chiefs defense has to stop. Because I think... We've gotten to the point with their defense that we've, especially through this playoff run, we're starting to trust the coverage, uh, starting with Tyron Matthew and crew. Uh, but so to me, uh, that's where the Chiefs really, they've got to get some sort of pressure going with Clark and Chris Jones because they, they you know, they get paid a lot of money for these moments. So uh, they've definitely got to gotta step up. Um, what's interesting to me too, uh, Jamie, um, is that, uh, you know, we've been hearing a lot of talk about legacy, you know, for Tom Brady and for, uh, Patrick Mahomes. Um, what does this do if you look at it for both of these guys, if you break down Patrick and then you break down Brady, I know we've talked about it kind of through the last three weeks, but kind of just reflecting on that again. I don't think this 
like obviously like you know you don't want to lose in the Super Bowl and you'll be remembered for those losses in the Super Bowl especially if you turn out to be a great player you'll be like yeah you won three but you remember that one that you lost like so um for Mahomes I don't think it really will affect his legacy too much in the overall of it um Brady I really if he loses I don't feel like it's gonna affect him all that much either I mean he still has six rings yeah I mean so I guess the question is then you know if if you look at if losing doesn't affect your legacy then I think winning certainly does (laughs) I mean look at I mean Tom Brady I mean the second quarterback besides Peyton to go to a different organization and get a Super Bowl ring um, for Mahomes. Mm-hmm. Um, it's beating Tom Brady, you know. Um, yeah. It's something that you've been talking for weeks is we finally get to see that matchup. Like, what if LeBron played to Michael's era? Mm-hmm. But now we kind of get to see Mahomes playing in, you know, the twilight of Brady's career. But we say that, I mean, but mm-hmm. Brady um, is still doing amazing. I mean, he's still got zip. I mean, yeah. it's not. It's not like the Peyton Manning Super Bowl 50 win for me. It's not where the Denver, yeah. you know, where, um, you know, uh, where it really was Denver's defense that really was, you know, um, managed to decide that game. Uh, but, you know, for Peyton's credit, I mean, he was able to manage to get them there to that. Um, one of the things that I think is interesting, too, is uh as my phone goes off uh one of the things that i think is interesting um when we talk about you know legacies and and everything to do with that um what i've been hearing a lot um that i don't know what you would um agree or disagree um is um, you know, uh, we see, you know, Pat with his superstars, you know, being able to make this run back with the superstar offensive guys, um, you know, does, does, I know it plays a part in his legacy, but does he make it, you know, I mean, it should be, this should be his third Super Bowl in all reality without, a offsides from, you know, D Ford, you know, this is his third time. So, I mean, how much have those guys affected this run? Uh, I mean, I don't think it's affected it all that much. If I'm being honest, like I, you know, I hear that a lot. Like what would Mahomes be without his weapons? And I mean, yeah. Like, would he be as good? I think he would be. You know, Alex Smith had the same weapons, minus Watkins. Um, And we we didn't sniff this game with Alex Smith at quarterback. And so I think Mahomes, yeah, Tyreek's one of the best wide receivers in the NFL. Kelsey is the best tight end in the NFL. Um, You know, got Watkins that when he's healthy, he's dynamic. You've got uh, these other smaller roles that are really good. I think Mahomes elevates his talent around him. Guys that are good, but then he makes them better. You know, we saw that in 2018 when um, Mahomes 
Yeah, I think what Jamie was going after was when, uh, you know, Alex Smith replaced Mahomes, and Alex Smith didn't even have that type of success with the guys that are around, yeah. you know, Mahomes right now. So I think that's a good point. You know, for me, Jamie, I think what we, um, what people don't talk enough about, we we talk that it's definitely been seen now, but I don't think it's talked near enough about is the organizational side of Kansas City. I think, you know, the two years before you see Patrick Mahomes come on the scene, really that's where you start seeing this whole entire organization of the Chiefs start to change. And, I mean, it did change with Andy Reid, um, but there were other players, other factors that came into place. And I think that... The whole mentality um, is the mentality that every NFL team has to look at and be like, we have to replicate not only what they've been able to do with Mahomes, but as this entire culture has changed around the Chiefs. Because before, you know, especially before Alex, you know, I mean, you know, we talk about Alex Smith, but I mean, uh, he came in. I mean, you started seeing changes with Andy. Um but, you know, it, that's what I've marveled at is that Kansas City changed everything about the way their team reacts to situations. Um, and I think Kansas City became like the Seahawks did when they were making their runs is like, mm-hmm. we want to play for an organization that is all about team, is all about having you know, they, they look like they genuinely are having fun and playing for each other like the Seahawks yeah. did when Pete Carroll changed that culture. And so that's one thing I think that is overlooked at these runs by the Kansas City Chiefs is because it, everything about this organization changed. I mean, especially when you find your franchise guy, but then you're able to keep building and keep building on that kind of culture change for the Chiefs. Um, and then for Tampa Bay, you know, one of the things that I've been impressed with is that, you know, they've truly, you know, rallied around Tom Brady being there. They rallied around the fact that, um, they've got a guy in there who they know that they couldn't, they could, they were just a guy away. And, you know, that's what Bruce Arians said is like, we needed the right guy. Um, and so that, I mean, that just shows you how powerful, not only the quarterback position, but having the right guy is, is that it starts changing the culture. And then people wanted to play with Tom Brady. That's, that's, what's crazy yeah. is you saw a lot of people just come in cause I want to play with Tom Brady, you know? And so that's, what's interesting about these two organizations is, um, you know, you bring in a couple of guys to change the culture around of a team and you can see that kind of success, you know, that they have moving forward. Uh, any other thoughts that you have, uh, Super Bowl 55, Jamie? I'm ready. Um, see if we get number two. Um, so just just looking forward to it, man. It's going to be fun. Good matchup. One of the best Super Bowls I think we've seen um, in a while. So yeah. what? So what fun. are you thinking? Scores? Where are you thinking scores are going to be at? Oh man, um, we'll go thirty-five twenty-eight Chiefs. Thirty-five twenty-eight. 
Um, yeah, I was thinking in the 30s myself. Uh, I was thinking like 34, 31 Chiefs, something like that. But my only, my yeah. only, cause I mean, I think it's gonna be close. I really feel like this is not gonna be. Um, I I don't think the Chiefs are gonna run into that kind of that phase where they, you know, the interceptions or anything like that. Like, I think it's going to be kind of back and forth. So it'd be surprised me if, you know, if like, you know how the chiefs came out against the bucks earlier this year, and then the bucks had to come back. I kind of feeling like it's going to be more back and forth this time around. Uh, and so, uh, you know, um, what oh I was gonna ask you, Jamie, what do you think was more impressive? The the comeback the Chiefs made or the comeback Tom Brady made against the Falcons in that Super Bowl? Oh uh, I would say the the Falcons game. because uh, what was that score? It was like twenty eight to three. And Tom Brady the came back half. and won it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would say I would say Tom Brady coming up back against the Falcons was really impressive and really fun to watch. So yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think what I think what makes the question interesting is the time. So like, mm-hmm. it was I think a ten point deficit like going into the fourth quarter for the Chiefs. You know, mm-hmm. where it felt like there was no momentum for the Chiefs, and it really just felt like man. 49ers may come away with this. I mean, that's where you saw like the defense take that picture. Like that's that's what made that run a little interesting because you did kind of feel like the Chiefs had kind of lost the momentum. Uh, but then you know, but we're all sitting at home being like, it ain't over till it's zero zero, you know, on that clock. Um, yeah. But I, I think when we look back at the Brady comeback. Um, and the Patriot comeback was the fact that Atlanta had, like, there was no reason for us not to think Atlanta would come back and score in the second half. And I don't think they did. So, I mean, that was complete adjustments, like radical adjustments that you have to make at halftime in order to make that comeback. But then also, um, that game also went into overtime, you know? And so, um, so yeah. I uh, I don't know. I think I think I'm leaning more with you. What you're saying with the Atlanta Patriots game, just because it did end in overtime, that exciting overtime period. Um, yeah. So that's why I give it a little bit of an edge. But what I think is crazy about the Chiefs 49ers, you know, game was the time frame of when, like, w- like how many possessions in reality are you going to have enough time to get back and come back? And I can't. What did they do? They yeah. they were down ten, and then what? It was it a ten point spread or something, or less than that? I can't remember the score of last year's Super Bowl. Um, so that was the other question uh, I had as I was thinking about you know this year. Um, and look, uh, as much as I wanted it to be Aaron Rodgers and uh, Mahomes, I'm really excited to um, to see you know Brady and the Chiefs, you know, because uh, yeah. I because you know I kind of like I said I've never been a fan of Tom Brady, so I'm kind of just I'm kind of 
I'm wanting, you know, Patrick to kind of cement his spot as, you know, but I think he already has. It's just, um, it's just what I want to see. <laughs> yeah. But deep down, we're no like, man, it's like, you still got to take down Tom at the end of the day. Yep. You still got to take down Tom. And that's, that's, oh, what are you, are you more nervous going into this one, Jamie, than last year? Or are you feel more confident than last year about this one? I'll give Jamie a second to come back. You hear me? Yeah, you're back. We're back. So are you more confident going into this Super Bowl than last year, or are you more confident last year going into the Super Bowl? I'm more confident this year, I would say. Um, I've talked to a lot of Chiefs fans on Twitter, and and um, I, I call it the Mahomes effect, I guess. Yeah. Well, I think I think you have a little relax. Yeah. I think you also maybe have a little bit, you know, confidence just because um you know, last year, I mean, we we talked about a 49ers defense that got them there. Um gave them the big success that they did have in the Super Bowl. And I don't think Tampa has that level of defense compared to what we saw the 49ers do last year. So that's why I'd yeah. be like, I have a little bit more confidence in them this year. But then the big X mm. factor is like, this is a Tom Brady team, you know? I mean, yeah. like, I yeah. kept voting against them even getting to this Super Bowl. And so that was my fault, you know? I picked picked against them every time to the run. So that's where I'm like, I, I don't know. Um, I just really want a good back and forth game. Um, with yeah. with some defensive stops and then a lot of oh like it'll be fun I think it'll be fun. Um, so we saw the first QBs get traded, uh, and so the first domino effect was the Stafford and Jared Goff uh, trade. So, I mean, here's the thing I I feel as if the Lions won a little bit more compared to what the LA Rams won. Um, and not to say that, um, you know, uh, that that Stafford wasn't worth that. Like, I just don't know the, you know, my biggest worry with Matthew Stafford is, you know, what is his health going to be like? Is he going to be able yeah. to sustain a season? You know, mm. and that was, I mean, a guy who's, who has been notorious for injuries, um, you know, the LA had to give quite a bit away to get what they, what they got, you know? And so as a Lions fan, I'm feeling pretty good. I mean, you got the first picks, um, and you got a guy in Jared Goff who's actually been to a Super Bowl now. I don't think he's shown, uh, that side of him ever since. But I mean, you you don't have a scrub. I mean, I wouldn't call Jared Goff a scrub by any means. And then you get no. the third, and then two first round picks with it. So I feel like, you know, I feel like both sides feel good where they were at. But I would give the edge, kind of mm. what the Lions did because I I like it because I think I I I think out of like if I'm comparing like Carson Wentz to Jared Goff and just what they've been showing here lately 
I think I would have gone with Jared Goff, to be honest with you. Um, you know, and then, yeah. you know, there's talks of where Prescott could be possibly traded. Deshaun could be possibly traded, but I don't think, I don't think they had that kind of resources to go after those guys. Um, and so I kind of like what the lions did, um, because you don't, you don't know. I mean, cause Jared Goff is young enough to change some aspects of his game because I mean, look, Jared Goff has a great arm and he's very accurate. I mean, there is a possibility where you get him the system you know, a Sean McVay system is what gave him such success uh, his second year in the league going to a Super Bowl. You know, you find these systems and then maybe you're able to actually use Jared Goff in Detroit, you know. Um, but, you know, Stafford for me, you know, you put up the first pick of, I think you even put up the first pick of this L.A. Rams team of what it's going to look like. And it's very interesting, you know, with Robert Woods. Uh, some other guys yeah. on offense, um, and then Jalen Ramsey and them on defense with Aaron Donald. Uh, what did you think of the trade, Jamie? Um, I thought that uh, Rams gave up too much. Um, you know, this is going to be like seven years that they haven't had a first-round draft pick or something like that, and so um, and they won't get another first-round draft pick until like 2023. Um, you know, you banked your you banked your entire franchise on a on Stafford and Stafford's no slouch. Yeah. He's a good quarterback yeah. when healthy. Um, I just, I don't know. I don't, I thought, you know, it's a good trade golf for Stafford. I like that trade. I, the extra stuff that the extra picks and stuff. I mean, what, what do you feel like with, uh, what do you feel like with Jared Goff? You know, uh, you know, in Detroit, what type of success do you think Jared Goff can have? Oh, I think I may have lost Jamie once again. <laughs> it's gonna be, it's gonna be, gonna be tough. This, this, this podcast, man, it's been up and down with internet issues. But, um, yeah, I, I think it's a lot for a team. But look, I mean, the Rams have traded, made deals, and look, even if they did have first round picks. They couldn't re-sign a lot of the assets that they do have anyways. So if you kind of are dealing your trade picks away, then this may be your best move because then you won't, you know, you know, you can have the cap space to be able to um, re-sign some of these guys. So, you know, a part of that, you know, quarterback carousel is we've been hearing a lot of, you know, Deshaun at, at Miami um, you know, Tua Tagovailoa, um, possibly coming uh to Houston, uh, and so there's you know, unlike other years, there's been like so much of this, you know, where are these quarterbacks going to be? Because we're even talking about Jets. The Jets are wanting to move from Sam Darnold. Um, there's at least probably eight teams that are looking to move away from their quarterbacks. Uh, Jamie, one thing I did add, which I think is important to note, I think if you're going to wheel and deal away trade assets like the Rams have, it may not necessarily be a bad thing just because of your cap space. Even in the future, if you made these trades, you know, you know, if you had your, you know, your draft resources, could you even like keep, you know, resigning the ones that you got? 
So, I mean, yeah. the Rams have been kind of in this phase of we're going to trade our picks away, and that's how we're going to rebuild. We're going to be rebuilding on what we know instead of what we don't know about guys. And so in, in that aspect, you know, um, trading away to maintain cap space was kind of one angle that I thought of it as well, you know. Yeah. So if you're going to do it, why not go all out and, like, get rid of all your picks, you know, so you don't have to pay the first rounders that you may pick up in the future. So I I think that yeah. that may part of part of the plan. If, if, if you're going to do it, then do it, you know. Um, you know, what are, you know, some other interesting teams that, you know, I think could be making moves. You know, we think about, like, the Carolina Panthers with do they think Bridgewater is going to be the guy moving forward? Are they going to be – Looking at, I know that they've been in talks and drafting a quarterback, but I think they're they're right here in this carousel if they have an opportunity to get a guy that they get one. Um, the Chicago Bears are interesting to me as well, um, mm-hmm. you know, because I think they've got a couple, of, you know, Mitchell Trubisky. They have like a couple pieces where a team may be interested in giving him a shot. Um, are there any other teams that you think um, that kind of stand out to you possibly, Jamie? Um, I've been hearing that the Rams – or not the Rams, the Raiders, I should say, are um, shopping Derek Carr um, so they could be in the market for a quarterback. I've also heard that the Broncos were really, really interested in Stafford um, and that Drew um, Locke was yeah. talked about yeah. being uh, – um, traded so i think the the raiders and the broncos are two teams to watch yeah um and yeah and i've heard um um you know obviously houston um they're they're kind of watson wants out houston's like we're not gonna trade you it's just kind of like a deadlock right now um but um for what and for some reason i'm hearing miami um is interested in trading tua um, I don't know what what that's all about. Um, I thought he had a good year, but um, apparently they've they've shopped him around some time a couple times. So um, yeah, man, I, this is gonna be a really interesting year for quarterbacks um, in uh, this off season. You know, because there's gonna be a lot of guys. You know, and like we got to look at Green Bay. What if they you know trade Rodgers? Um, you know, just. It's just this interesting. I don't remember in years past seeing a quarterback carousel um, this intriguing, right? Um, yeah, you know. And then you got a lot of service serviceable backups that um, you know could step in and start uh, for for a franchise. And so it's just it, um, it's just really interesting right now. Um, but definitely, I would keep an eye on Denver and the Raiders right now. I feel like they're going to be making some moves, possibly for uh, a new quarterback um or at least a, a vet yeah. um that can get them well, a year or yeah, two. Yeah, and Washington was in that, you know, Washington was in that yeah. same thing for Stafford as well. Um yeah, I, I think the trend will be, you know, if if uh you don't have the guy this year, then what makes this difficult is that not only do you have a lot of guys in these trade rumors but you've got a lot of guys mm-hmm. from the collegiate level that are kind of stands out mm-hmm. at the quarter. It's not a, it's, it's a good year for drafting quarterbacks in the draft. So 
That's what makes this challenging is, but also if you are looking to trade, if you are looking for assets, do you think there's a guy that you want to draft and bring to your organization, Mm -hmm. you know? And so, um, you know, I, I, uh, I'm a huge Tua fan. I think there's nothing but, you know, keep going up for hell. Uh, but if I'm Miami, um, this may be a good move just because you were still uncertain about can we keep Tua not from getting injured? You know, that's yeah, that's the hardest thing to know about Tua. And then the kind of year that Deshaun Watson had. Um, but I don't think Houston like sees the value in that trade. I mean, I think Houston and rightfully so are trying to do everything they can to keep Deshaun Watson there, you know? Um, and, yeah. and that's what they need to be doing um, and trying mm-hmm. to just, you know, get more input from what Deshaun Watson wants, you know, uh, because whenever mm-hmm. they lost Andre Hopkins, everything kind of started falling apart, you know, and rightfully yeah. so. I mean, the, the you know, Hopkins trade just made no, no, no earthly sense at all. You know, yeah, and so they've been trying to put the pieces together ever since that happened and trying to get that what I call, and that's the thing that's how important organizational culture is. Like, and that's yep. what I think is so important about the teams at the tops that are able to do that. Uh, you know, and Houston is that is the last team when it comes to do you like the culture of your team? They are they are the 32nd team, you know. No matter the mm. talent that they have or who the pieces that they have, when it comes to the organizations that you trust, it's like I don't I don't trust what the Texans are doing at all, you know. Um, no. And so, uh, you know, I like I said, I I, I I think this would be in Miami's interest. I don't I don't think the Texans are interested in it at all. Um, yeah. So I don't know the another team that. Um, has the kind of assets to make a move. Uh, so moving into our last topic of the day um, is our way too early top 25 college football rankings. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so ESPN uh, just put this out uh, the other day. Um, and so the top five um, that they have is Clemson at number one, Alabama at two, Oklahoma at three, Georgia at four, and Ohio State at five. Um, what's also interesting about this article is the amount of Sunbelt teams that are looking like they will be like in the top 25 or a lot of these uh, non-power five teams. Like you've got the Cincinnati Bear uh, Bearcats. you got uh, Coastal Carolina just starting out at the top 25 Sunbelt team and the Louisiana Raging Cajuns um, actually right now predicted at 19th, uh, which is above the number 20 LSU Tigers. Um, So, yeah, so I I think that's what makes college football interesting is like for the first time, like I'm seeing Sunbelt and non-power five teams uh, get like start breaking these top 25 polls. Um, Mm -hmm. Jamie, um, what are you? I know we're looking at the same article. Um, does anything stand out to you in this breakdown of the top 25? Like you said, though, with the Sunbelt teams and these, these uh, uh, you know, kind of teams that no one's ever really heard of, um, they they benefited from COVID. Um, the, the weird league 
that we had last year was a benefit to them. Um, I'm saying it right now. By week three, these teams are not going to be in the top 25. Um, but, you know, it's cool. It's it's really cool seeing different teams. That's one thing I've always liked about college basketball is when you get to March Madness, you see teams that you normally don't see in the tournament. And so it's really cool seeing these top teams yeah. in uh in the playoffs – or not in the playoffs, but in the top 25. But um, one thing that um, I I just I find so interesting is the lack of I find it just disrespectful to Alabama. You know, why are they at number two? What what has what have they done to really deserve not to be number one? You know, like, why is Clemson at number one? What did they do to deserve being number one? What, What is their talent better at than Alabama? And they're not. It's, it's, I, so I don't, I don't see why Alabama, to me, always gets disrespected. And they, because there is, when it comes to college football, there is one, there's Alabama, and then there's everyone else that plays. And so when I look at these rankings and I see Alabama at number two, it doesn't make sense to me. It really doesn't make sense to me at all, you know, because I don't feel like um, uh, Clemson should be number one, you know? Yeah. And then uh, why is Ohio State so low? You know, this is a team that was in the national championship last year. Why are they at number five? You know? It, I know this is like a way too early look at the rankings, but it, I just can't get over. I always feel like Alabama, for whatever reason, gets disrespected in the polls, and I just don't see why they do. Yeah, like, and me and you have had this conversation. Like, um, you know, this this Alabama team, um, star wise, is a little bit unknown. You know, um, but if there's one thing, if there's one constant that should automatically put Bama at number one is Nick Saban. Yeah. That hasn't changed. Now, there's a question mark with Bill O'Brien now, um, the offensive coordinator. Like, you know, is he going to be able to keep the pace like uh, with Lane Kiffin and uh, Steve Sarkeesian? Like, is he going to be able to keep that momentum going? Right. We don't know. We don't know. But to me, Bama deserves number one every single year because their talent and their success is just unmatched in college football. And I just I always I always go into these rankings just like, all right, how are they gonna like Bama today? And my thoughts on this, like it's really man, it's it's Bama and then it's everyone else. That's just yeah to me. That's how I, it is. you know, I I I think especially for, you know, last year I kind of like, you know, the question was like quarter, you know, for Mac where Mac Jones really never was a question for me, like it mm-hmm. didn't it didn't surprise me the type of success he had. Now going mm-hmm. into this, where I'm looking at Bryce Young, there's a lot more question marks I have on. 
the young players are going to be able to fill in, uh, but they're there. I mean, they all, they always seemingly, you know, for Alabama seem to be there. Um, the one, you know, what's, what's hard about the ACC is I, I, I think, you know, I think, you know, Clemson is just able to run through it, you know? Yeah. And so Clemson being a number one is always going to be solid because the ACC is building. It's not there yet. Um, when you, mm-hmm. you know, you think about, you know, what, you know, Brown, Mac Brown's doing at, you know, North Carolina, um, mm-hmm. you know, Derek King, you know, is coming back for Miami. Um, so the ACC mm-hmm. is on its way back, but you know, that's where I look at, you know, the Clemson just being able to steamroll through the ACC, unless you're Syracuse for yeah. some reason, they can't steamroll through Syracuse, uh, which never, <laughs> which never makes any sense, but yeah, no. I it I it did kind of surprise me just based on the way the two, you know, organizations ended because Clemson's losing a lot. You know, they have a new quarterback. Yes. Alabama's faced with, you know, figuring out who's their quarterback's going to be. Um, you know, Oklahoma I think is going to be interesting because they really they did in the year on a hot streak. Um, and you know, Lincoln Riley in that offense, um, you know, uh is it's always going to have them going, but you can always count on Oklahoma losing one or two games. Like that's, what's odd about Lincoln Riley teams is like, they're like, there's Mm -hmm. like two games that they've always seemed to not be able to get behind. And then, um, Mm -hmm. what shocked me is, you know, I I think Georgia gets a lot of love. I think out of these Mm -hmm. top, uh, Georgia always these past couple of years has always gotten love. Uh, from the pollsters, and I, I never understood the whole Georgia thing, uh, because <laughs> it's, it's just not there on Saturdays when you watch them, especially last year and the year before that. I just, I didn't see the improvement to where, you know, because what's crazy is Georgia was predicted, you know, to beat Alabama in that game that Alabama mm. steamrolled them, you know, um, yeah. and so, um, I think Georgia always <laughs> gets a lot of love, um. And and listen, I'm gonna be on the A and M watch out train for a long time. You know, they get one of the top recruiting classes. When again, they got you know at six. I think Jimbo is starting to get that team turned around. Um, and that's the team you know in the West as an Alabama fan that I'm looking at. You, we got to start watching out for A and M. I've been saying that for years. Yeah. But the LSU, the whole the one year LSU had kind of surprised me uh, with the Joe Burrow mm-hmm. year. You know. Um, yeah. but yeah, uh, Texas A&M is on the, on its way. Um, and mm. once again, it's, it happens like every other year that, you know, people are saying this is the best recruiting class that Alabama's had, you know? Uh, so they get the mm. number one recruiting class again. Um, so yeah, I, uh, um, you know, I like, I like the Hoosiers at 10, I like Indiana, the progress that they're making, um, you know, to compete uh, in the Big Ten, you know, against the Ohio States of the world, um, mm. you know. Uh, yeah, uh, and Notre Dame. Notre Dame uh, got lost a lot of – are losing a lot, but then they lost a lot of love here at number 15 for Notre Dame. So, um, yeah. you know, uh, way too early. Uh, but what is exciting – um, is that EA Sports has announced that they are once again uh, making a college football game. Um, 
it's very, very exciting. Uh, just because, um, you know, um, that's that's the game that you and I love, but it's also exciting for the sport. Yes. Uh, because a lot of what with these video games is a lot of younger fans will start. You know, these video games help with you know keeping the popularity of college sports around. You know. Yes. Uh, and so, I mean, that's part of the reason we both got into them. It's like we enjoyed playing these games. We enjoy watching mm-hmm. college sports. Um, and it's mm-hmm. uh, what what are your feelings on it, Jamie? Man, I've been I've been asking for this game to return. We have not, not had this game since 2014, and I have been asking for the return of this game for years. I have tweeted at EA. I have I have signed petitions. I have, like, just everything that I could possibly do to help this game come back. Um, so when I saw that news yesterday, I I just kind of let out this scream. Uh, my wife would say it was a squeal because um, I was just so happy that it's coming back finally. Um, you know, it's it's in early, early, early production. So I'm saying, like, they, they said... We can't wait to update you uh, on progress years um, as the years go. And it's like, okay, we're not getting it this year, probably not next year, yeah. um, but it's coming. Yeah. And that's just that's just the promising thing about it. And I read the interview with the developer, and he, um, you know, called the the reason that they stopped making the game was because. One of the reasons was um, their player likeness and is call it, should a college athletes be paid um, when their likeness is used? We've talked about that on the show before. Um, but the other reason was teams and conferences were pulling out. They didn't want their teams and their conference to be in NCAA 15. And so that's one of the reasons EA was just like, well, if we can't do it with all of them, then we don't want to do it. And so though he said in that interview, teams and conferences are ready to come back to the game. Mm. And so that's why they're like, all right, so let's not delay this anymore. Let's let's get going on it. And I I so happy just because, yeah, this like some of our early um, our earliest member uh, memories as friends was you and I playing that game on our Xbox 360s, yeah. you know? And so it's just, you know, just playing that game, you know, I'm the defense coordinator, you're the offensive coordinator and winning national championships together. It's just so much fun. And like you said, it brings more spotlight onto the NCAA football games yeah. where you can actually like watch you know, like, all right, yeah, I'm the head coach or I'm a player for, uh, you know, the Oregon Ducks. And then you actually turn on your TV on Saturday and watch the Oregon Ducks. Yeah. Like, it's, you know, it just brings the spotlight to it. And I feel in a very positive light. Um, so it's just, it's good. It's great. It's great for uh, video game players. It's great for sports fans. It's just, it's great that it's coming back. I don't know when. Is it gonna be three years, four years? I don't know. But I'm I'm just personally like I'm just so excited that it's it's coming. That yeah. um, you know, we finally get to play yeah. it again. And look, I mean so that, I, I think we're the game. I think this hiatus 
actually has like helped that game. Like, because now yeah. I think there's like, we've like truly understood like, Hey, we lost something, you know, it was kind of like the sales I think for that game had started going down. Cause they're like, well, we're just going to play football. I guess we could play Madden, you know, or whatever. But then, you know, I, I think everybody like, you know, there's so many fans who are just like, and new fans of the game are like, like we want a college football game. Like we want college sports yeah. games back. Like we want to play as mm-hmm. our, you know, favorite teams, you know? And so, um, and mm-hmm. so there's going to be, a, I, I, I think if, if it's done right now, that's the other thing. It's like, we're begging EA sports to do it right. <laughs> like we want you to like, I want it so yeah. bad to be done right, you know? And not yeah. like, not, you know, I mean, you know, there's certain preferences, but you can't like, we want to, you know, we want dynasty mode at its best and most glorious form. Like that's what that game was yes. all about. You know, building your dynasty, mm-hmm. building your Alabama, you know? Uh, so, uh, <laughs> that's, uh, that's what we want back, you know? And so, uh, I'm, I'm hoping, you know, um, EA, I think EA is starting to learn you know, because of all this mad yeah. stuff that's been going on. I think, I, I, I think people are, you know, I think they're starting to realize that they can't just keep copy and pasting games over and over again, you know? And so, yeah. Um, so I'm very excited for college football and Hey, I'm excited. I'd love to see a, you know, college basketball to come back too. That was, those were fun games as well, mm-hmm. you know, cause EA has mm-hmm. totally lost its market on the, um, the NBA series. Uh, so, um, you know, having college basketball may be a way for them to come back, you know? So, um, a a lot of, a lot of good things when it comes to college sports, when you get some of these video games back. So, uh, so that is Mm -hmm. our show for today. As always, let us know what you're thinking. Uh, thank you for bearing with us through our issues today. (laughs) Uh, and, uh, you know, we'll be, we'll be looking at who the Super Bowl champion was and our reactions to it. So I know that uh, that uh, Jamie is nervously excited about Sunday. So, so <laughs> yes. Uh, anyways, hope you guys have a good day. We will talk to you later. <laughs>